reading Paul's letter to 1 Timothy, chapter 5, verse 17 through 21. The elders who rule well are to be considered worthy of double honor, especially those who work hard at preaching and teaching. For the scripture says, you shall not muzzle the ox while he is thrashing, and the laborer is worthy of his wages. Do not receive an accusation against an elder except on the basis of two or three witnesses. Those who continue in sin rebuke in presence of all so that the rest also will be fearful of sinning. I solemnly charge you in the presence of God and of Christ and of his chosen angels to maintain these principles without bias, doing nothing in a spirit of partiality. Thank you, Brother Ray, and good morning, North Roanoke Baptist Church. Ray has just read for you our text for the morning, 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 17 through 21. Would you pray with me? Dear God, I need your help to rightly divide your word of truth and to communicate that which you have been building into my heart this week. God, I pray that you would visit me and visit us with a profound sense of what it is that we have the opportunity to do and to celebrate this morning. We ask it in Jesus' name and for his glory. Amen. This morning's message is entitled, Worthy of Double Honor. Worthy of Double Honor from 1 Timothy chapter 5, primarily focusing on verses 17 and 18. As you know, Pastor Daryl and his wife Susan are not with us this morning, which gives us the opportunity to talk about them. <clears throat> it's, uh, it's Super Bowl Sunday. I don't know about you, but I enjoy the Super Bowl. I enjoy sport. I enjoy the pinnacle of virtually every sport that there is. I used to run track and field. I loved to watch the Olympics. I loved watching records broken. I believe one of the most amazing records ever broken is whenever the record is broken in the mile run. Uh, it's been amazing to me to watch the mile go deeper and deeper and deeper below the four-minute mark. I could barely get below the five-minute mark running track and field back in the day. And so the lower they go into the threes to me is fascinating. But the reality is this, whether it's track and field or the Super Bowl, we are here this morning to celebrate an accomplishment that eclipses anything you'll see tonight on the football field. Period. If Cam Newton throws 15 touchdown passes and no interceptions and runs for 600 yards tonight, that will be nothing compared to 30 years of faithful ministry in one church laboring faithfully in the Word. Bottom line. And I want to urge us this morning, North Roanoke, to get this moment right. You have been presented an opportunity 
that most churches never get. God has been gracious to North Roanoke Baptist Church in abundance. And He has given us an opportunity, uh, by virtue of the fact that Daryl's not here this morning, to say some things that need to be said, and then to respond in a way that needs to happen. Paul writes to young Timothy, a manual for church order, a manual for the church at Ephesus that he's establishing, and really a manual for churches down through the ages. He tells Timothy that the key to functioning as a healthy church in a fallen world prone to distraction and deception is to identify leaders of high character and genuine gospel conviction, and you have had both in Daryl Krim. The church, Paul says, must be led by those with an unshakable commitment to declaring the gospel and applying the gospel throughout the life of the church. And it's within this context that Paul says to Timothy these couple of verses at the end of chapter 5 about giving double honor or considering the elders who labor and toil in the word worthy of double honor. We find these instructions because Paul, not because Paul is interested, by the way, in Uh, pastors having private jets and all these crazy things that we see, but because he's concerned that we always give honor to God and His Word. By honoring the man who declares God's Word, we give honor to the Word which God uses to nourish His church. So Paul writes to Timothy, the elders who rule well are to be considered worthy of double honor, especially those who work hard at preaching and teaching What then must we do, North Roanoke Baptist Church, in order to get this moment right? We must consider Daryl Krim worthy of double honor. And we must do it for three reasons. Because he's ruled well, because he's worked hard in word and teaching, and because the depth of our sacrifice in celebrating an elder who's honored God should eclipse or surpass the depth of our disappointment in an elder who dishonors God. We will return to those points momentarily. First, we must consider Daryl worthy of double honor. It's right there in the text. The elders who rule well are to be considered worthy of double honor. Considering worthy of something, this word is written in an imperative Uh, someone is to be considering worthy. Who is it? It's the church that Timothy is establishing and ministering to. It's North Roanoke Baptist Church. We are to be habitually about the work of considering Daryl worthy because he is the one laboring in the Word and in teaching. Now, it's interesting. It's a bit of an awkward conversation this morning, isn't it? It's a little unusual, it's a little funny, it feels a little inappropriate. You know what the word consider worthy here means? <laughs> to think it appropriate. It's like Paul can read our minds this morning. Man, this feels a little awkward to have this conversation. And Paul goes, I'm commanding you, Timothy, to tell the churches to overcome that gut, that gut instinct to think that this is awkward or inappropriate and cause the, call them out to say it is appropriate. The meaning of consider worthy is is to think it appropriate, and depending on what the object of the verb is, sometimes it means to take action. Well, the object of the verb consider worthy here is what? Consider worthy of double honor. 
what in the world is meant by double honor? Well, the context helps us. Back in verse 3 of chapter 5, Paul has been writing about what to do with widows, true widows, who have financial need. And what is the church supposed to do? They're supposed to meet their need for financial assistance. So here, in verse 17, the word is referring to some sort of compensation, some sort of uh, financial implication to the word considering worthy of honor. And not just honor, but double honor, twice honor, two times honor. If we have any doubt that the word honor here is referring to some sort of financial implication, we only need to continue to verse 18. Did you read verse 18? For the scripture says, so Paul says, what we do with respect to the elder who labors in the word has a scriptural principle undergirding it, and that is this, you shall not muzzle the ox while he is threshing, which is a direct quotation of Deuteronomy 25, verse 4, and then he pairs it with a direct quotation of Jesus found in Luke chapter 10, verse 7, and the laborer is worthy of his wages. Now that's fascinating to me because Paul who knew Luke from their missionary journeys together, is quoting Jesus and Deuteronomy together. And he's putting them, he's assigning to both of them the authority and the weight of Scripture. Do you see what Paul just did there? <laughs> he's saying that not only is the Old Testament Scripture, but what Luke has written is Scripture. What Jesus has said had the authority of Scripture. And so he grounds this principle of giving double honor to an elder who labors and rules well. He grounds it in the word of God, in the authority of what God has given us. And so this morning I preach to you not my opinion, not my preference, but what God has said to his church. Consider Daryl Krim worthy of double honor. I don't know about you, but... One of my least favorite things to do is to get a phone solicitation late at night. We'd like you to consider supporting the Policemen's Association or the whatever. And I'm an alumnus of Virginia Tech, and they, they are fabulous at finding me. <laughs> Even after I move and don't give them a phone number update, they find me, and they call Hey, we wanted to give you an update on what's going on at your alma mater, and we want to ask if you'd consider supporting us. Well, occasionally I have supported Virginia Tech, but now the bulk of my gifts are channeled through the local church, as I believe they should be. But when that, here's how that call goes. Yes, I'll update my address. I'm grateful for the update. And I will consider it. Would you mail me some information, and I'll give it my consideration. What, is, what does that mean? That means when I receive the mail, I'm going to look at it because I told you I'd consider it, and I'm going to throw it in the trash can. <clears throat> Brothers and sisters, that's not the kind of consideration that Paul's talking about. Paul is asking us to consider Daryl Krim worthy of double honor, and the consideration needs to be completed action. It's not, I'll consider it, it's, I'll take it. It's I'll do it. I'm going to follow through and understand the moment that has been given to us at North Roanoke Baptist Church. At this moment, North Roanoke Baptist Church, consideration means zealous celebration made possible through the grateful contributions of God, God's people 
poured out for a man who has toiled in the field for 30 years. To consider Daryl worthy of double honor doesn't mean merely to think good thoughts and then throw them in the trash can. It means to honor him. Consideration means celebration, concrete action taken today that we can honor Daryl Krim and his devoted bride of 41 years who have poured their lives into this people. We should give Daryl Krim double honor, and we should do it for three reasons. Number one, he has ruled well. First, let's establish something. Daryl is an elder, right? The word elder in the text here doesn't just mean an old man. It means a, the office of pastor, elder, overseer. It's the same word used over in 1 Peter 5. It's the same word. Uh, it, it references the overseer who is apt to teach, mentioned earlier in 1 Timothy 3, 1. He is an elder. Daryl Krim is someone who fits very well what Paul is talking about in 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 17. The local church has been led by elders from the time of her establishment. In Acts 14.23, Paul and Barnabas appointed elders for them in every church. Of course, it's not, a well, it's not good enough for, for Daryl just to be an elder, right? The elders who do what? The elders who rule well. There's a qualification. I used to be a swimmer way back in the day, but not, not a very good one. And do you remember what they did for the swimmers who weren't very good ones? They gave them participation ribbons. <laughs> you remember those? Everybody else had the nice ribbons with first, second, third, and there I was in my white little ribbon. I was a participant today. Paul is saying it's the elders who labor and rule well. There are no participation ribbons. There is not double honor for the elder who's an elder and then flames out after a year. We're talking about an elder who has given and devoted his life, and there's no question that he's ruled well. He meets the qualifications. He is one of whom we should give a double honor. The word rule here is perhaps a bit upsetting for us Baptists. Uh, fortunately, it has a number, a range of meanings. In fact, in the New American Standard, the exact same word is translated in a variety of ways. It's translated as rule, it's translated as lead, to have charge over, to manage. It's a, it's a complex word. It means to, to be at the helm, but to be at the helm because of one's love for someone else. Biblical scholars have translated in a variety of ways. One says this, to influence others as to cause them to follow a recommended course of action. Another says this, to be engaged in helping or giving aid. And another says to engage in something with intense devotion. This word to rule really encompasses all three. Paul... Paul is saying that elders who are intensely devoted to helping the church by laboring in the word are worthy of double honor. That has been Daryl Krim. But it's not enough just to be an elder and it's not enough just to rule. That might get you a participation ribbon, but it doesn't get you double honor. Daryl has pursued the work of leading our flock well. What, what does it mean to do something well? Well, in this context, it's, a, it, it's taken in a moral sense. It means his service to you and to me has been done with excellence or nobly or honorably. And because 
the handling of the scriptures is in view. To do it well means to do it accurately. The word well is not a standard of comparison against other people, but a standard of comparison against God's expectations for his assignment. Uh, my dear daughter, again, a swimming illustration, was at swim practice earlier this week. And um, we've not had a lot of opportunities to throw her in the water. And so she's not the greatest swimmer yet, but I think she's got a lot of potential. And she's in the, the cohort of people who are at swim practice and they hand out little bands that basically after about five minutes of evaluating their skill and ability they put a band that lets them know how far you can go what depth of water you can go into well Elizabeth got a yellow band not a green band which meant that there were children younger than her who were more uh, adept at swimming than she was and I arrived late at her practice and she began to bawl <laughs> and I was like what's wrong and, I didn't get a green band. And what Elizabeth was doing, and we had an opportunity to have a heart-to-heart -heart about this, is she was comparing herself to others and not comparing herself to the ability that she had been given at this point and giving her best effort at this season of her life. And I told her, you keep working hard and trying to honor Jesus in your practice and you're going to get yourself a green band. And guess what? The very next practice, she earned her green band. Daryl Krim, we, we don't need to think about our pastor and go, well, there's other pastors who've done better, or there's other pastors who've done worse. That's not the standard of comparison. The standard of comparison that Paul has in view is, has Daryl consecrated his life to the King and the Master of the Lord Jesus Christ? And if he has, and he's been faithful in the Word, he is worthy of double honor. And by any standard, Daryl Krim has done very, very well. At a time most pastors don't stay more than eight years, Daryl has served us for 30. And he hasn't done it, by the way, because he wants to win the longest pastor in history award. He has been a good shepherd to us because he lives to please the good shepherd. He has served us well because he understands that the under-shepherd is also one of the sheep. In both his tenure and his God-given tenderness in caring for this flock, I can say to you with confidence that Daryl will one day hear the master say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. And I want that to be said to him in some small way by this congregation as we seek to give him the double honor that Paul says we should give. We should consider Daryl Krim worthy of double honor because he has ruled well. But we should also consider him worthy of double honor because he has worked hard in word and teaching. The word here especially could really be translated that is because all elders are to be those who labor in preaching and teaching in the Word. The elders are called to lead the church in the Scriptures. Why? Why, why is it that God calls the leaders, the rulers or, the, elder, or the, uh, the ones who shepherd or rule or lead the congregation? Why is this? Because they've been endued by God with the capacities to evaluate everything the church does and aspires to be through the lens of God's Word. And you know what Paul says of this work? He says it's hard work. He calls it toil. One commentator says this, Paul is self-consciously designating the work of these elders as a vigorous and laborious work. It is almost as though Paul knows 
that we will tend to think that teaching the Word is really not all that difficult. Paul selects the same word that he used to describe physical labor and the work of a farmer. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, this is what he says about the work of ministry. Share in suffering as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits because his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. An athlete is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. It's the hard-working farmer, same word, who ought to have the first share of the crops. Think over what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. And I pray God gives us understanding this very day. Daryl Krim has preached more than 2,000 sermons at North Roanoke Baptist Church. If each of those sermons was 30 minutes in length, he's preached for 1,000 hours. A professor in seminary counseled us this In this way, every good minute of a sermon takes at least 30 minutes of excellent preparation. That's 1,800,000 minutes of sermon preparation. That's 30,000 hours in the study, not counting weddings and funerals and Wednesday night Bible studies and meetings and countless times of crying out to God on behalf of you. In his now famous book, Good to Great, Jim Collins says this, Greatness is not a function of circumstance. Greatness, it turns out, is largely a matter of conscious choice and discipline. I'll tell you this, Daryl Krim is a disciplined man. There, and he has unquestionably been a great elder. He has chosen to work every day, very hard, for 30 years for us. And his labor has been in the Word and teaching. This is the work of preaching and speaking or teaching the truths that God has given to us. The elder labors in God's Word and in its implications for every aspect of our lives. Our homes, our work, our church budget, our physical plant, our civic engagement, our cultural engagement for kids, for students, parents, grandparents, and everyone in between. The work of being an elder is like the work of being able to put on the right pair of glasses. My mother, until she was about 10 years of age, did not realize that trees have leaves on them. She was just driving around and thought, oh, that's a nice little green blob over there. It's a green blob over there. Well, one day she decided not to sit in the front row, but to sit in the middle row, and she couldn't see the board. And she comes home and tells her parents, well, I can't see the writing on the chalkboard. And her mom says, well... You probably can't see. So they go down to the eye doctor. They get some glasses. And mom puts on, as she's told me the story many times, she puts her glasses on. And they're driving home. And she's like, Mom, what is all over those trees? What are you talking about? Well, those are leaves. And here's the the bottom line. The scriptures and God's heart for the nations as expressed in his word are what bring clarity to every decision that the church makes. And it's the elder who is helping us make those decisions with the right lenses on. And Daryl Krim has unashamedly worked hard to wear the right pair of glasses so that we could see God and where he is taking us. 
In Daryl's very first sermon from Acts 6, chapter 4, here at North Roanoke, the verse reads this, We will devote ourselves to prayer and the ministry of the Word. On the front of your bulletin, you'll find a picture of Daryl's Bible open to Acts chapter 6. And I can find, think of no better illustration of Daryl's life and ministry than that verse. I will devote myself to prayer and the ministry of the Word, and he has done that faithfully again and again and again. When we esteem the men God calls to labor in His Word, we remind ourselves afresh and we show the world, above all else, we esteem God and His Word more than the medicine which may cure our cancer. We esteem the Word which cures our hearts. More than the sports which entertain us, we crave the rightly divided Word which sustains us. The under-shepherd, the elder, lays down at the sheep gate every night with the sword of God's word and its implications firmly fixed in his mind and heart, when danger arises from without or emerges from within, he responds decisively with the sword of truth because he cares for the flock. This is the portrait of an elder who simultaneously rules and cares, and it is a portrait of Pastor Daryl Krim. We should honor Daryl Krim this morning. Indeed, we should give him double honor because he's ruled well and because he's worked hard in the Word and in teaching. But there's one more reason we should honor Daryl well. And it's a bit of an awkward consideration. But the reason is this. Because the depth of our sacrifice in celebrating an elder who's honored God should eclipse the depth of our discipline or disappointment with an elder who dishonors God. You say, what are you saying, Daniel? Here's what I'm saying. Daryl didn't mess up. Daryl finished strong. He ran the race. In verses 19 through 21, Paul turns the tables. And he turns the tables almost as if to say to us, if you don't understand double honor yet, consider the alternative. And consider... How awful it would feel. He turns to the stomach-wrenching issue of how the church should handle allegations of misconduct by an elder. What should the church do? They must take great care to be sure wrongdoing has actually occurred. But if it has, the rebuke should be public so that the rest of the church will continue in fear and admonition of the Lord. Let's, Let's be honest for a moment. The news of an elder or a pastor falling into sin makes us nauseous. When the youth pastor at one of our former churches neglected his covenant with his wife, it hurt his family. It hurt the youth group. It hurt the church. It hurt the community. And for a season, the gospel seemed to suffer. North Roanoke, why do we give ourselves permission to hurt so deeply? But when an elder finishes well, we don't give ourselves permission to celebrate extravagantly. When an elder fails, the church is devastated and the world pounces. They were ready to tear the church and the man of God apart. But too often, when an elder leads well for 30 years, you know what the church does a lot of times? Oh, they yawn 
and the world never knows. North Roanoke Baptist Church, not this time. Not this time. We are going to celebrate God's word by honoring God's man. And we're going to begin today. And here's what I propose to do. First, I want to ask you to reserve May 14th and 15th on your calendars. May 14th and 15th, we're going to have some parties. We're going to celebrate. We're going to let the world know that a man has labored 30 years in the Word, that he's toiled in the Word, and that he's labored very well. And we're not just going to do that internally. If we respond as I believe God is leading us to respond generously, we're going to throw a party for the neighborhood. We're going to throw a party for the community. We're going to have bounce houses, and we're going to celebrate. And yes, we'll have some parties just for us where we have a time to share some testimonies and to love on the crims. But reserve May 14th and 15th. On Friday night, we'll have a special evening just for the Crims that will be just for them, a dinner, just family. Well, then we'll have several good parties. Another thing we're going to endeavor to do is provide some substantial and meaningful gifts to Daryl and Susan. What these gifts will be is still be being determined by a committee. But it will likely be some sort of trip. As you may know, Daryl has had... Um, was unable to go to St. John's with his wife, and uh, so we may send them to St. John's, I'm not sure. We may help them with a retirement contribution, and certainly we'll give them some sort of meaningful memento, either a framed picture or a plaque or a clock or something that they can always remember, the North Roanoke Baptist Church family. And, and there's one more thing that I'd like to see us do. If we really understand what God has given North Roanoke Baptist Church in these last 30 years in the man Daryl Krim, and if we really respond as I believe God is leading us to respond, I believe we'll be able to do all those things I've just mentioned and even have some money remaining to make a significant down payment on the debt for our community center in the name of and in honor of Daryl and Susan Krim. And as I've gotten to know Daryl, there's nothing on this list that would make him happier than to know we're that much closer to finishing the debt on the community center. So how are we going to do this, North Roanoke? We're going to take up a second offering this morning. Each of you, when you came in, received a what I like to call a faith commitment card that spans the months of February, March, and April, because we're in the first Sunday of February, and you can give all the way through the end of April. But in order to throw a party in May, we really need to know how much funds have been received by the end of April. So you have an opportunity this morning to make your CRIM celebration commitment. I'll be doing that with you in just a moment. I'm going to be grabbing my pen and writing down my amount. I'm going to have Martha to come in just a moment and begin to play. And you'll have some time to prayerfully consider what does double honor look like for Daryl CRIM? I don't know how to figure out what double honor is, but... Here's one, one way. Whatever the number is that's in your head, maybe God said, just said double it. Double honor. But however it is that the Lord leads you to respond, my hope is that together we will give extravagantly so that we can celebrate what God has done and we can honor God's word in giving double honor to an elder who has ruled very well 
in word and teaching. So I'm going to pray, and after I pray, I'm going to ask Martha to begin to play. And then I'm going to ask our ushers to come. And as they come, you may have some questions. Well, what if I just want to make a one-time gift? Well, you just write a check, and in the memo line, put CRIM Celebration Fund. Or if that's too much, just put CCF. But for those of you who want to make a commitment and make an investment over the next three months, this is a worksheet, right? This is not important. The only number on this that's important is between these gold lines. So if you don't want to use the worksheet and you just want to put a number there, that's fine. And then please be sure to put your name and contact information. Let me give you some good news this morning. My hope when we started this process was that maybe we could at least get to $30,000 for 30 years of service. That seems reasonable, does it not? Seems like a reasonable goal. We're already at 12, and that's just with a handful of gifts. Let's, let's go deep this morning and show Daryl and Susan our love for them. And let's show God our gratefulness for his word. Would you pray with me? Our Father and our God. You've been so good to us. I pray even now, God, that Daryl and Susan would feel the love that we have for them the appreciation that we have for them, that they would know that they are loved by you and that you are smiling on their labor of love and their service and toil in the word. God, help us to know how it is that we would provide double honor, how it is that we would consider Daryl and Susan worthy of double honor this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to ask Martha to play, and as she plays, you can consider, fill out your card, And together, in just a moment, we'll have an opportunity to respond.